The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yeah, welcome in, pro wrestling fans. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Busted Open is back here on a Saturday. It is the weekend edition podcast version of Busted Open Radio. I'm your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell. Got the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, on his return. Mark, it's been a couple weeks since we last heard from you. It's good to have you back, and it's good to have you back here in the holiday season. We got a stacked show for the listeners today. Unbelievable show, man. I'm just so excited right now to be back, for one, and two, to be talking about my favorite thing in the world, pro wrestling. I thought you were going to say food or Christmas. But, yeah, pro wrestling is pretty great as well. And, Mark, last night on SmackDown, a great show, a title change. Big E, formerly Big E Langston, taking out Sami Zayn and snatching the IC title in the main event. A really, really good show uh, from bell to bell. Uh, Big E Langston winning, and then we started this show with a cage match between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens and everything in the middle fit in perfectly. We also got the return of Charlotte Flair to talk about SmackDown in the week that was of professional wrestling. And Mark, it wouldn't be the week that was in professional wrestling without Weekly Winner. We are sure to give the listeners out there in the nation our Weekly Winner. And we're gonna, you know what we're also gonna hit since we've been off all week? We gotta talk about the Slammy Awards. Sit back, relax. Click play. Let's get it going. Bust it open on a Saturday. Because why, Mark Henry? Because that's what we do. There you go. You heard it, fans. Big E getting the win last night. Becoming IC champ after taking down Sami Zayn in what was, on some level, I feel like. Right? I mean, it was a lumberjack match. It was cool to see. Biggie Langston, a guy that we have been uh, obviously a fan of here on Busted Open Nation out there. I know you guys are uh, big supporters of Big E as well. And we've been waiting, Mark, to, you know, waiting to see when this solo sort of push was going to happen for Big E. And it it looks like, at least on some level, last night was the beginning of that um, as Big E went out and took care of business, taking out Sami Zayn on Friday night. But you know what? That wasn't it on Friday Night Smackdown. It was a really, really good show all the way around. It definitely, like, when you're talking about Smackdown shows, Mark, and I think we might have lost the world's strongest man there. Hey, it's all good. It's 2020. We're dealing with our (laughs) remote issues and everything that we got going on during uh, COVID-19. But Nation out there, you guys watching, if you didn't, you missed a hell of a show. Obviously, as we watch the shows throughout the week, whether it be Monday Night Raw or NXT, or AEW, or Impact, uh, all, all solid shows. And we're going to be doing Weekly Winner coming up in Hour 3, where we'll give our official uh, best show of what, that was in the week of professional wrestling. But all those shows, at least to me on some level, felt like prototypical holiday shows. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a knock on the shows. Don't, don't get that wrong. I'm just saying. We're all, I think, on some level conditioned as pro wrestling fans that when the holiday season comes around or – you know, specifically Christmas, you know, there's a tapering off, right? There's a leveling off. It's just not the same type of show that you would expect. That didn't happen with SmackDown last night. I mean, yeah, there were the trees, you know, there was the pomp and circumstance. I mean, it was clearly a, a holiday slash Christmas episode of SmackDown, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't your typical holiday show. It wasn't a lot of filler. All the talent was there. And what was great about SmackDown, I mean, you had that triple set elimination tag match uh, with the ladies. You had the show start with a title match between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns in a cage. And then obviously at the end of the show, you have the Intercontinental title uh, on the line with Big E and Sami Zayn. And then you get the title change, 
right? That is an awesome holiday show, completely outside of the, I don't know what you were expecting, Nation, right? When you stepped in to watch SmackDown last night, but I wasn't, I avoided spoilers. I know it was pre-taped and I know the results were released. I didn't read any of that. So I went, in, went, went into it completely blind. I had no idea about uh, Biggie's title win, right? So it was all fresh to me. And to watch those, I think it was four matches total in a two-hour show, it was awesome. I thought it played extremely well. It played like an actual pro wrestling show. It didn't get lost in the holiday shuffle. Uh, you know what I mean? If you will, <laughs> it actually, it felt like a pro wrestling show. And I gotta be honest. I think a big reason it felt like a pro wrestling show is because it was a lot of pro wrestling. <laughs> it wasn't right. It wasn't like, uh, I don't want to say your typical WWE show, but just, it wasn't a lot of sports entertainment. There was certainly the entertainment there. Mark brought up the, uh, the back and forth there between Biggie and uh, Sammy, or not Big uh, Biggie and um, it wasn't Biggie and Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn and the Street Profits, right? The with the T-shirt and the uh, and the jokes that were being thrown around. Like there were backstage segments, but by and large, throughout the course of that show, it was just a really solid pro wrestling show from uh, front to back. Thought it played really, really well. Mark, we got you back. What's what's the deal here, big man? Well, my. My calm is down, so I'm on Zoom, and we're gonna just we're just gonna work it out the way we work it out, baby. No, it's all good. That's what we do, right? That's what. Well, I don't want to I don't want to infringe here, but wow, that's what you wow. do. That's, that's what, what you I do. do. That's what you do, not what we do. That's I don't want to I don't want to get a plane ticket out here. So I know it's COVID, but I still feel like the world's strongest man might catch a Southwest flight and give me that world's Pay strongest slam. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, Mark, uh, I was talking about before uh, we lost you there to the connection issues, I was kind of setting up what we saw last night in terms of the, the, the show itself, right? SmackDown. Uh, I talked a little bit about raw NXT and AEW all fine shows, but very much holiday shows, not necessarily like a throwaway show, but like when you talk about holiday shows, Mark, that Friday night SmackDown last night felt like anything but a holiday show. I know you had the trees and the, and the Christmas sort of, you know, spirit, but that was a pro wrestling show from front to back with three really good matches, title matches. I mean, not just three. I think if you, if you throw in, and I I can't even say throw in, I say four matches because Daniel Bryan and, and, and Jey Uso, that match was fire. I mean, if you had some people go through tables and uh, some a big false finish, you know, based off something that happened on the floor, you know, you got a pay-per-view match right there. And to open the show and to have Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns in a cage. Yeah. And the match be as good as the way that match was. I mean, the you know, I, I, we haven't got a chance to talk about it yet, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, I think Charlotte Flair coming back has been like the biggest thing for me right now in pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I love Charlotte. I love her work. I, I, I love the fact that everybody she works with, it, it means something. And that was that was proven in the women's match last night just by a small confrontation between her and Bianca Belair. It's like right. she made Bianca and Bianca stepped up. And I mean, so, I mean, there's a, a bunch that happened in that show. But the fact that there was only four matches, <laughs> the matches were long. They were they were full of energy and everything made sense. When was the last time you had a show where you couldn't poke a hole through anything? And and that's the thing that that we want. It was your wrestling's your wrestlers wrestling show last night. Yeah. And then you get to the end and it is a uh, championship match and you have a guy that we've all looked at as being like, you know, this guy could be good by himself. Like, you know, it's great to be in a new day, but I think he's a, he's, he could be a great individual performer and he proved that last night. Big E. Yeah. There's no question, Mark. I think there's two guys in the company. I mean, there's a lot. It's not just two guys, but I'm going to give you two guys that I have been just, pulling my non-existent hair out, <laughs> trying to make sense of why they aren't bigger stars in the company and why they haven't been used in a singles capacity. One of them is the aforementioned Big E and the other is uh, Cesaro. For five years, six years, whatever it's been, um, I just, y- you look at both of those men and I just, I don't see 
how they aren't at the top of the food chain almost on every uh, in every instance, right? Um, Cesaro, you know, that's something we can keep an eye on. It is what it is at this point. I guess I just, uh, you know, you, you, you take it where you can get it, Mark. And as we talk about taking it where we can get it, I'm really glad to see Big E. I hope this is the start of something beautiful because you said it. You believe in this man. I believe in this man. I mean, he's a, for me, just a, there's just no one else like him. There's just not. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Okay. The reason that Big E has not been where he got to last night sooner is because he, he, he was not willing to sacrifice the New Day. Okay. The New Day was such a valuable piece to WWE programming that they needed him and Xavier Woods and Kofi uh, as a unit to entertain the masses. If you listen to even their music when they start off and they're in the back with a live mic, Oh, Connecticut. <laughs> Don't you dare be sour. Clap your hand. And, and like, he was a big and integral piece right. of that unit. And now when they separated them, they made the commitment to say, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we're all pissed. We're all mad. Come on, man. Don't break up the new day. But the only way that Big E was ever going to get that singles run and that singles, uh, I guess, the, the singles push, mm -hmm. if you will, right, uh, was for him to go out on his own. And, and he was able to do that. And we see now that um, that time is here. And who is he going to face next? Yeah. Who's going to be, I think that Sammy is not completely gone, but I will use Sammy as a antagonist, you know, a guy that's trying to get him to lose, trying to help whoever Big E wrestles, you know, that kind of thing. And then maybe have, you know, him and Big E cross hairs, cross paths again. Mm -hmm. um, but as you mentioned about Cesaro, um, I think that there's a lot on that bone with Cesaro and I hope that he's not one of those guys that go down and say, Oh, they just missed the boat with him. Yeah. But I think the same as you, I think Cesaro is one of those guys that could really be a main event player. Uh, they just have to make the commitment to allowing him to get over the way that he gets over. Right. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that, um, any boss wants to let the talent dictate uh, how things are going to go. So sure. <laughs> there's going to have to be some conversations about how we can bring this in together. Well, I wouldn't mind uh, being in the future of uh, Cesaro and Biggie feud just from the standpoint that I could watch those guys. I think I've talked about it before. I could watch those guys wrestle every week for 20 minutes at a time. You know what I mean? It's just they are that type of talent. Uh, Mark, as we talk about that type of talent real quick, um, throw this question to you and then we can throw it out to the nation. What do you want to see next from Big E? What do you want to see from this run, this feud? What, what do you want to see from him as a, as, a, as a character with this intercontinental title strapped around his waist? Well, what, what I'd like to see the most is not just what's going on with Big E. I would okay. like to see some of these main event guys go, uh, hey, I like a shot at that title and have Big E have to weather the storm of a series of really talented wrestlers uh, step to him. Like, hey man, I'm the number one guy, I'm the number one contender, I, I want a shot. You know, like I'm number two, you know, I'm number three. Like, I, look, I haven't got my opportunity. And maybe one of those guys is Cesaro. Yes. Why not? Like, look, Biggie, nobody's gave you more competition than me. Mm -hmm. Don't you want? Don't you want to say that I beat the best? I beat the guys that gave me the biggest run for my money. That's what makes a real champion is when you not only hold the title but you defend that title. Here's another thing you could do. What's happening with Shisaro and Shinsuke? There's nothing happening there. 
That's not a that's not a valuable asset, at least to me. Like when I think about Shinsuke and Nock, that's not or excuse me, Shinsuke and Cesaro. That's not like I don't get a warm, fuzzy feeling. I do separately when I, you talk about both of them. They're two of the most talented individuals in professional wrestling. Well, what about the intercontinental title potentially causing a divide between them, Mark, in the sense that they both become obsessed with it, want to chase Biggie's title, and then all three of them kind of get wrapped up into to sort of a. Uh, a chase for that belt because when you talk about the IC title, Mark, that's a hell I know, of an idea. Well, it's Mark. You, when you talk about that belt, that's a that's a hugely important belt to the history of the business. I know you respect it. I respect it. The fans respect it. And, and what better three wrestlers when you talk about respect than Big E, Cesaro, and Nakamura? Like, wow. let's go. And, hey, yeah. shit, throw Sami Zayn in there. I mean, there's just that's those Whoa. that's that worker's belt. Man, I, I tell you, you just said so much in such a short amount of time. Throw Sami Zayn in there. Man, listen, you don't have to throw Sami Zayn anywhere. Right. Like <laughs> he is, yeah. He Good will point. find his way into making the most out of the least. Yeah. And I can see a four-way between those guys. And, you know, maybe going leading up into it, I think that you you add Shinsuke and Cesaro and say, you know what? If I'm Big E, I would I cannot allow you, Cesaro, just to come up here and get a shot. Right. When your partner is just as deserving as you are. And I hate to do this, but I'll take on the winner of the two of you guys. So good luck. Yep. And and now you put you pit two really good wrestlers against each other. And Sami Zayn is just there in the, in the corner, just antagonizing everybody. Looking for his opportunity to strike. Yes, he's yeah. trying to work his way in. Yeah. I, I, that, that was brilliant, man. You that's, I, I, Listen, WWE, if you're listening, <laughs> you're listening, that's some good shit. That's some good shit. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I am all for more of what we saw last night on SmackDown. And what did we see last night on SmackDown? That was a whole bunch of good professional wrestling. Hey, everyone. This is Kirk Morrison. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. We are back here on a Saturday edition of Busted Open. Charlotte Flair right there. Well, Mark, we're talking about an hour two getting underway here on this holiday edition of Busted Open. And this is the holidays when gifts are abounding. One of the gifts that we got in the professional wrestling world is the return of Charlotte Flair. Haven't gotten to really talk to you, Mark, since that return. A lot of thoughts, right? A lot of thoughts out there in the pro wrestling world in, in regards to you know, Charlotte returning and getting more gold. A lot of saltiness out there, Mark. Uh, I, for one, didn't give a shit. <laughs> Charlotte Flair is one of the best in the world. Uh, I don't know where the complaints were coming from. Mark, <laughs> what did you think about the return of Charlotte Flair? And are you okay with her getting a title immediately upon that return? You know what, man? I think that it all worked out. Yeah. That it was it was really, really well done. Um for Oscar to say, you know what, I have a partner. And for her to, um, even the interaction that she had with Billy Kay. Yeah. Like all of that stuff was, it was good. It was really good television and it was entertaining. And like, why would you not look at Charlotte Flair coming back and them doing the work that they did? Because it wasn't like they just, that, um, Naya uh, just folded up and said, you know, I'm going to take my ball and go home. That was a hell of a match. Yeah. And uh, rightfully so, Oscar, I, I, we, we listed our, our top five before. Mm -hmm. And I always said Charlotte, Sasha, Oscar, Bailey, two of the top five. You mean to tell me that two of the top five can't beat? an existing placeholder tag team. 
I, I, I can't see that there could be any complaints. <laughs> Why would there be complaints? Well, you can't. I, in the pro wrestling world, Mark Henry can't figure out why people would be complaining. It's because that's what pro wrestling fans do, Mark You're Henry. Exactly right. You're now, exactly right. Now this creates this creates a great segue because our old pal Bama Dave, you know Bama Dave, regular nation member and caller here on the show. He hit me up last night, hit all of us up on Twitter, and he asked a question that I said I was going to bring to the air, and this ties really well into the conversation we're having. Hey, busted open, Ryan, Mark, Bully, Tommy, Gabby, Ed, Guns. I know there are thousands more votes that can be cast. He's showing me a screen cap, I should say, also of a, a poll that was given. But this still intrigued me. Maybe fans don't want to see talent on social media. The poll was, Mark, by Fight TV, our pals over at Fight, it was a two two question, A or B. When did you enjoy wrestling more, before social media or after social media? There were about a thousand votes, and eighty two percent said before social media. Now, as we're talking about Charlotte and everyone having an opinion and people, I don't know how anyone could complain about that. Well, Mark, it's because it is pro wrestling, and and one thing as we talk about this 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 poll that that Bama Dave asked us about and our thoughts. Um, I liked wrestling pre the internet, but it wasn't because the wrestlers with their own Twitter accounts. I think that's great. Getting a window into the talent and their, you know, their, their feelings and their thoughts and their opinions. I think that is awesome, right? It's the fact that everyone has now been given a voice and there, everyone has been told that their opinion is valid. And this is coming from a guy who suffers from imposter syndrome, right? Like I'm not so sure that my opinion is valid and I'm on busted open every Saturday. I feel uncomfortable giving my opinion sometimes. So when you talk about the public at large, Mark, constantly ringing in and giving their thoughts on a product and speaking as if they're experts. Yeah. It can get pretty annoying because mark in the case of a returning charlotte flair getting gold after her first night back there's nothing you could say and make that a bad thing stop uh you know and and ryan you said it best there's nothing that you can say that can make that a bad thing right like she is the best she's the best guys and she's been gone for months what are you what are you and assholes? you know it <laughs> and you know it and on top of that, you have Charlotte Flair. She comes back. She's in unbelievable shape. And she, right off the bat, shows you why she's Charlotte Flair. She does the moonsault. She yeah. does her finish. She does so many things that that's synonymous with her being great yeah. and showing you, look, I'm better than I was when I before I left. I'm just as good as I was before I left. There's no changes. I'm just coming back passionate, hungry, and wanting to wanting to get it in. And and for the fans that say that, I, I I'm 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 the same as you, Ryan. I I I thought wrestling was better before social media because one people do all the spoilers. Yeah, And then there's a, also an uneducated group of people that have opinions. There's, there's really no concrete, it's not a, based off fact, it's not based off experience, right. and it's not based off uh, anything but your opinion right. of who that person is and what that person is capable of. And I don't want to hear from you. That's why I wait for Busted Open. Yeah. I wait for Mondays because it's not just based off opinion. We can't base everything off opinions. Now, every now and then, you'll hear it say, well, you know what? That's just my opinion. We but can have them. For the most part, yeah. the show is based off, we've talked to people in the company. We've talked to people that are have reliable sources. We've talked to the talent. We have the talent on the show to tell it from their own mouth. So don't don't give us that. Like, I, I don't want to have to hear uh, the opinion of Dick Tracy telling me what I know not to be true. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why Charlotte Flair shouldn't have another title, Mark. <laughs> I'm not actually going to do that. I'm playing the role of. Yeah, Dick Tracy. Which, 
<laughs> Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Please reason me with that. All right. So as we talk about Charlotte Flair, Mark, you know, you brought it up. I, I, I don't think there's any question. When you talk about the five best wrestlers, and not just to this generation, uh, the five best wrestlers ever, I think Charlotte Flair and Asuka are in a lot of people's top five. Um, oh, so, yeah. so with that said, how long can this last? Because as much as I, 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 I'm going to enjoy Charlotte and Asuka together and doing whatever they're going to do and whatever, you know, chemistry they're going to have. And I think there's a lot of comedic stuff that they could play on and form some chemistry. There is an inevitability happening, and that will be that we are going to need to see Charlotte and Asuka show down and th that their friendship will uh, deteriorate at some point. I guess the question to you is, Mark, from a booking standpoint, how long do you run with this? Do, do we take this through WrestleMania? Do we break it off before WrestleMania and have them go at it? Because I, I, there's a part of me that if you do it at this WrestleMania, it's a little too predictable, right? But if you play it off till next WrestleMania, well, then maybe that's a little bit too long for women who, you know, have given us so much throughout their career. I'm just, I'm just curious. You're the expert. You're the Hall of Famer. What do you think happens? And this is just my opinion. <laughs> it's not based off fact or experience. Uh, I would like to see Charlotte say, you know, Oscar, I, I've, I've had a good time being tag champions with you, but you know that I want that title. Mm. That title is tailor-made to fit around my waist. And you know what? I can take that title from you and we can still be tag partners. And Oscar could say in Japanese, you know, no, and then just go into Japanese. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> and it would be great, man, like to have them at WrestleMania or, you know, maybe not at Royal Rumble. It might be a little too soon, but like, uh, I definitely like to see that. You could also do it where it starts off as a competitive feud, right? Like you said, where it's respectful and you acknowledge each other as the two you know, greatest of a generation, but then things start getting more competitive, more competitive. Maybe the belt changes hands once or twice. And then emotion takes over, right? And then one of them goes to a dark place, which I wouldn't be against either way. I think the one I would say, if you were going to have someone um, turn or, or or go to that dark place, I, I would say I would like to see it from Asuka, Mark, because as much as I like the work that Asuka does in any capacity, I think when she's a little more violent, when she's a little bit more unpredictable, I, I guess what I'm getting at, I just feel like the heel persona fits her a little bit more, more well in the WWE landscape, at least. Well, that, that's where we differ because, yeah? you know, seeing her dance around uh, <laughs> last year at um, uh, TLC and her dancing in the elevator and, and like just being a, a, a clown and, 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 and trying to get people to laugh and man, she just so full of energy that I just love seeing her in this babyface place. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just an opinion. It's not, well, but it's been enjoyable. It's been enjoyable. I'm just saying feels like to me, potentially time is up with that. Like it's it, it on some level, it's going to run its course. And if you're going to do, I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, Mark, what better dance partner than the queen Charlotte flair, right? If well, you're going to no, take, nobody, yeah. Nobody paints the line of heel baby face better than Charlotte. Yeah. She can, she can play the middle and, and get the job done. I don't necessarily have to see Charlotte be the heel because once Charlotte is the heel, um, she should be champion. There, yeah. there's, there's nobody that's more violent. There's nobody with, with a greater skill set than her. So what's stopping her from just taking it? I, I'm, she's good enough. Yeah. She, she validates herself by showing up. Walk to the ring, play the thing, and let her go in the ring, and she could do have a five-star match with any of those ladies. Uh, the story for the last year or maybe 18 months for me, Mark, really with, with Charlotte has been about elevation, right? I really feel like she has, when she has interjected herself or found herself uh, specifically Bailey and Sasha, like, like when she got into that Bailey and Sasha 
feud and, and started throwing her venom and doing her little mental manipulations. I thought it took she Bailey's made this care. She, she did. And I thought she really kicked Bailey into another uh, higher gear. So when yeah. we talk about Charlotte coming back and getting uh, that immediate title wrapped around her waist with Asuka, I thought I'm marked to, at least in my opinion, I thought a big reason why they did that was, well, if you put the strap on her with Asuka, then you can use her on multiple shows. And I think yeah. that's something they wanted to do when we talk about the WWE. Charlotte Flair is a commodity. She is a valuable chess piece. When ratings are down on Raw, and ratings are really kind of down across the board as we're, you know, nine months into, you know, 2020 and COVID-19, bringing Charlotte back and, 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 and you know, spreading that love, so to speak, I mean, that's a good move, at least as far as I'm concerned, Mark. You know what? If I hear Michael Cole or I hear Corey Graves say one more time, uh, and it's not just because her name is Flair. I'm going to jump through the screen and bitch slap both of them. Why do they say that? I, I don't know. Why, why? For what purpose is that making the pro, program better? Uh, it's not. Yeah. Charlotte is beyond Charlotte Flair. <laughs> She's Charlotte. Yeah. And, and they're, they're doing her a disservice by saying that. I just got visuals of you. <laughs> Grabbing up Michael Cole and Corey Graves and giving them old. <laughs> you seem very serious when you said that. Like, just I got I scared for them. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't. I don't just throw idle chitter chatter. I just man. When I when I when when the anger hits me, okay, it, it just comes through like that. I can't help it. Well, bro, that's why we love you. You know, you're clearly passionate about pro wrestling so much so that you're willing to go up and choke some fools and give them the old paintbrush. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities. Mark Henry and Ryan McKinnell are here to answer the difficult questions. What was the best show this week? You ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. Yeah, that's right. Hour three of Busted Open on a Saturday getting underway. And you know what time it is. It is weekly winner time. Mark, it has been, well, I want to say a year of dominance by the blue brand. But they are kicking ass and taking names. And as I look at the week that was in professional wrestling, woo, Impact, Raw, AEW, and NXT are going to have some serious work to do. So let's get into it, Mark. Weekly winner for this Christmas edition of a busted open Saturday. Who are you going with? You know, I don't believe in throwaway shows. I, I, I think that that's just, you know, a myth. You know, there was there were good things and bad things. Um, I think that, you know, spread out on on raw three hours like it was it was difficult to put everything into proper context uh, it, it didn't flow uh as smoothly as i would have liked the matches were fine when they you know had uh matches but you know all of the stuff in between was kind of like felt like it was kind of thrown together um AEW was not a bad show uh, by any means. Right. Uh, I, I really enjoyed, um, you know, watching Sting come out and seeing uh, Darby Allen in the rafters and, you know, when the attack happened and then Darby was right there next to Sting and, yeah. you know, like stuff like that always gets me. And um, you go over to AEW, you know, like I, I, I miss Bronson Reed, man. I'm telling you, like. Oh, you mean? I'll, oh, you mean NXT? I got you though. NXT, you getting yeah. going on NXT. I, 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 I love Bronson Reed, man. Like boy. you know, I, I'm a, I'm a thick boy at heart, man. And I enjoyed seeing him. Aren't we? Yeah, uh, I thought there was a little bit too much uh, 
storyline stuff with them in the back and at the house, you know, Johnny Gargano. Like, I, I love it, but it was just overdone. But you move on to yesterday, to Friday, and you have four matches, three championship matches. And um, it was match after match after match after match. You start the show with a cage match that could have been on any pay-per-view that the WWE puts together. Yep. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, they killed it. They set the tempo. And then the next, the second match came up and, and I'm watching these women and I'm just like, oh my God, this is crazy. And I said to my son, I said, Jacob, this is one of those shows where you start saying, damn, I don't, I hate to have to follow that. Yeah. And then you get, you get Daniel Bryan and Jay Uso who kick it into another level. And I'm like, holy cow, what are they going to do in the main event? Oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. And, and then you get the championship match. I, we underestimate what Sami Zayn is. Yeah. And I said this early in the show. Sami Zayn is one of the most fluid, one of the most exciting, one of the most unpredictable wrestlers that we have in pro wrestling on any brand. He is equally as powerful on the microphone as he is in the ring. His thought processes, why you do things, when you do things are without equal. He, he's, he just doesn't have a peer group when it comes to putting things together. Hmm. Like the stuff, everything he does is just sound. You just hate him. You, you want to hate him. And when you have that, it only makes for the guy that's the, the, and the, the competitor, the, the, the baby face, the good guy to come across as, damn, I'm so happy for him beating that asshole Sami Zayn because he, that's what he set you up to do. And Big E stepped up, put his body on the line. There was a couple of, of like the spear through the ropes to the floor is always something that scares the hell out of me. Even There's all these, so even, even all these years on. later, right? We've seen it how many times, and each time it, your heart jumps. <laughs> each time your heart just stops. Yep. And the, the, the match was just really, really good, really, really put together well. Uh, the guys on the floor did their jobs. Uh, they stayed out of the way when they needed to stay mm -hmm. out of the way, and uh, they added to the match. Like hey. there was no, there was no weakness in that show. And I, I mean, I'm like we always say. If you're not first, you're last. You're last. That's and right. SmackDown was definitely first in pro wrestling for the week. You're talking about the uh, Lumberjacks in that main event. How about Apollo Crews getting on his horse and uh, getting after Sami Zayn with that tackle? I love that. Hell of a tackle. <laughs> I love that. I know it was small gotta, and goofy, but it's little like things. like a Texas Longhorn out there. <laughs> right. There you go. Okay, you maybe go. maybe Alabama. Oh. I just saw Marcus Gurley, our buddy from Bama, chime out when he found out I was from South Bend. Yes, Marcus, I am from South Bend originally. Yes, I am a Notre Dame fan because it is my hometown. And yes, Marcus, I know what's going to happen in the Alabama game. I've watched Notre Dame play Clemson and Alabama plenty. So congrats on your win. I know what this is. I'm, I'm reserved to just this endless cycle of disappointment being a college football fan. <laughs> yes, laugh it up, Mark. In. Don't Laugh give in, up. man. I'm not. I'm just, you know, you have to temper your expectations. Yes, you was you about know? to give in. Don't give in. I'm just tempered. It's like, it would be like Raw winning the weekly winner. <laughs> it's just oh, not realistic. Man. I mean, the shit might happen, but probably not. 
right. All right. All right. So, uh, Mark, I'm just going to tell you right now, my weekly winner, winner is SmackDown. I think it was. I think it was the best show uh, pretty, pretty by far in this week. It, it just it really resonated, played well four solid matches. Uh, you talked about the Jay Uso and Daniel Bryan match. I, I don't know how it was filmed. I know it was pre-taped. I don't know if it was done out of sequence, but if it was done in sequence, then you've got to know that the start was good. You've got to know that potentially there's a title change coming up to the end of the show. So you want to hold your weight and you want to bring your fire to the to, to your match and make it stand out. I felt like everybody did that on SmackDown last night, Mark. And when you were talking about that Jey Uso and Daniel Bryan match, it kind of got me thinking. I'm curious. You know, you're the Hall of Famer. You've been in this business 25 years, you know, thousands of matches, biggest names in the business, right? When you know that or, – or, or sorry, when you have a great show like we saw on SmackDown last night or it can be like the pay-per-view on Sunday or whatever the case may be, when, when, when there is a great show that has happened, do you know it in the locker room or do you kind of have to wait for the, 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 the feedback to come in and, and, and the praise to be lauded? No, you know. Do you? You know right away because I've I've been involved in hundreds of shows like right, that. Right. Where originally I had things in mind, and then I saw the match before me. Uh-uh, no shit. No, we changing this. This this. What would no. what would cause what would cause you to change it? A specific spot that reminded you of a spot that you're going to be doing, or just the energy and the reception that that particular match got. No, the, the reception that that match got and okay. where the crowd went to. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to be second tier. We got to elevate our game. Mm. And uh, sometimes you do it with more violence. Sometimes you do it with uh, a more sound storyline. And there's been nights where you go out there and you say, you know what, I'm not going to risk it. You know, we're just gonna go out there and 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 let it happen and see how to. No, not tonight. Yeah. Not tonight. Listen, man, I need you to jump from the top and to the floor, and we, you know, we need to go through this announce table. We need to, you know, throw me into the barricade. <laughs> I'm gonna throw you across the, the over the over the barricade. You know, I'm gonna try to hit you with the stairs. Move out the way. I'm. You know, it's like you got to elevate it. You got to put more bells and whistles in it. And that's what that show was last night. Everybody tried to outdo everybody. And that's the way it felt. That's why I brought that up. Because clearly, like, when Jay and Daniel Bryan hit that curtain, I mean, it's an important story being told, but they worked it in a way that it just felt competitive. And I love that because that's, I mean – and I don't think I'm the only one that watches wrestling that way. Like I'm, I'm watching for those sorts of stories to play out, to, to, to see that passion and to, to see that energy because it comes through on the TV, man. It, it absolutely does. You feel it as a fan. And that's, I think when you have the best shows, uh, you get that competitive spirit. You can almost, you can almost taste it. Uh, but Mark, you know, Friday night SmackDown was my weekly winner. It was a great show, multiple, t you know, championships on the line and just really solid matches. But there is plenty more to the week to get to uh, that I'm excited to talk about. You talked about Sting and AEW. Um, one thing I really liked about Sting is that, or that I'm enjoying about Sting is we're now week three, week four into this Sting uh, appearing on television. And each time it's feeling special. It's brief clips, brief moments, but clearly this isn't just your average return. And I mean, it makes sense. Sting is one of the greatest, you know, uh, talents in the history of the business, but it's just nice to see the freshness still being there. This isn't stale. It's exciting. He shows up on TV for five minutes and AEW was finding a way to keep me engaged. I think that they deserve a huge uh, amount of credit for that, especially with the limited capacity at which, you know, Sting's operating right now. And they, and they do. And Sting doesn't have to touch anyone to right. elevate. Right. So there are guys that, you know, you, you look at, at Taz and his guys, uh, people actually are excited to see what's going to happen when they touch. And now you know that Sting has at least one ally. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's not over. There, there's a couple of more allies to be attained in this uh, battle that's going to ensue. And I, I just, without saying it and, and, and trying to push it ahead than it's <laughs> supposed to. It sounds uh, like, it sounds like you got some ideas. It sounds like you might see what's coming. Ideas. 
All right. And I think it's going to be pretty damn good. Well, you know what? I don't see the, the inner journalist in me. I go back to my Yahoo Sports days. There's a part of me that really wants to follow up on that and do all you a solid out there at Nationland. But then there's the inner Mark in me who doesn't read the dirt sheets and likes to be surprised to where I don't like, I like Mark's excited about it. You can't see him on the Zoom, but there's clearly something that's firing in his brain. And I don't know if I want him to share it with us because I, I kind of want to be surprised. But you do think a stable's coming down the line. I, I think that uh, by the end of it, there's going to be two more guys standing okay. next to Sting and Darby Allen that um, everybody's going to love. Everybody's okay. going to love it. And you have and these two, you have the two in mind already. Yeah, I have the two in mind. Everybody know that one of them is going to be Cody Rhodes. Okay. And when you when you saw Sting get out there and say, you know, I, I, I had a real strong affection for Dusty Rhodes who he said, we're going to put some color on your face, baby. And we're going to have you. I'm going to hug you up the the, the Ric Flair. And, and he did the, the impersonation of Dusty. Like, you know that Cody's going to be. But that last guy, that last guy is going to take that team to another level. And it's, it's going to be a hell of a four-way uh, match between uh, – that group of men and and Taz's uh, Taz's team, and I, I'm just you know, I I know for a fact that it's going to be put together so well mm-hmm. that it's going to keep us entertained through and through, and we're we're going to really enjoy the the combatants. That's that's I'm gonna just leave it at that. I'm gonna well. leave it at that. It's a, it's an enticing thought, right? Because when you start down and I'm like, all right, well, Cody and Sting become tight. They certainly have that relationship. There's a lot of respect there. Um, but then I think about, you know, there's, there's a faction that didn't like Sting too much. And there's a member uh, on this roster that is a couple members that were very well-versed in that rivalry. And I'm thinking directly about the horsemen, uh, Tully Blanchard, Art Anderson, obviously there's Sting there. I mean, if Cody was looking to, uh, I don't know if Cody was looking to make some enemies or, or make a change or go down a different path, uh, taking out sting and maybe revisiting the four horsemen in some sort of way. I'm just saying there's a lot on the table. As we like to say on a Saturday, there's a lot of meat on the bone, but I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole because damn it, it is so exciting. Kind of like what I said to Mark, everything's been so good up to this point. I have no doubt that what is to come will be good on some level. The only question is how good will it be? And I can directly translate or transition. I should say Mark into how he's good right now, but how good is he going to get? I'm glad you brought up Taz's boys and his crew, Ricky Starks. That man, that man, man, do you think about just NWA a year ago? He was on YouTube for free. He got plucked from there, put into this sort of maelstrom of chaos. He has found a home. He, he, you know, in his increments, as I talked about the, the minimal spots that Sting is doing work in, and he's still exciting. Ricky Starks, albeit on a much different level with his minimal television time, he is killing it, Mark. Listen, during the pandemic, yeah, Ricky Starks came on to bust it open and get yourself over Monday. That's right. And we pushed him, you know, like I, I was like, listen, you need to come on the show. He comes on the show and he gets over. He goes the next week or in two weeks. He goes to AEW to do just some extra work. Right. And he ends up in a match with Cody on Dynamite, main event for the uh, for the uh, TNA championship yep, TV TNT. title. Yeah, I got you. And the match steals it. He gets signed a couple of weeks later. He becomes a, 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 a fixture on the show. Yep. Which elevated him to where he is now. He's an untouchable. He's a guy that you you would you would be hard pressed to have a show without Ricky Starks. Yep. He's one of your more dominant personalities. Um, I, I'm I'm a mentor of Ricky Starks. I talk to him every other, other every every week at least once. That's awesome. 
and I I listen to him, and then I'll just like when I talk to you, <laughs> I've completely listened, and I'm like, are you done? <laughs> so Ricky Ricky's got that same energy, huh? <laughs> and 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 he listens. I, there's been a ton of wrestlers that I've talked to in my life, and they feel like they've got it down so pat that they don't really need advice. They just, you know, want a sounding board. Ricky wants to be corrected. Ricky wants to be great. Ricky wants, I want my taxes to be done by the best person. I, I want, I want my, my life to be structured to where when I'm done wrestling, I could be self-sufficient and I don't need anything. He, the dude wants to be great. And I would be, it would be a sin before God for me not to give whatever knowledge that I have to help that man. And uh, I mean, there's probably 30 other wrestlers that I have to devote that time and, and energy to when they call yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And Ricky is going to be great, man, because he wants to be. And he, listen, when they turn the camera on, he is not going to let anybody he's around outshine him. Well, that much is clear. And, and, and that's why he's yeah. you know, making those moves. Yeah, I mean, that much is clear, Mark. He, uh, I talk about it with anybody who's great on the microphone. Uh, everyone messes up, right? Like we do it on our job when you are we got a live microphone, especially, shit, three hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unmitigated, like something is going to happen. It's just an the inevitability. It's not going to come out. <laughs> right, exactly. You're going to say some dumb shit. You're going to stumble up, whatever the case may be, right? We talk into microphones, right? But it's that, it's what do you do when the mistakes happen? Right. Yeah. How do you react? Ricky Starks from best I can tell. And it's again, it's been a it's been a, a limited sort of of of, of you know, sample exposure size. and track record sample size. Exactly. But what I do see is that similar. I talked about it with Alexa Bliss. Right. Uh, just a steamroller of confidence. And when there is that hiccup or there is that, you know, stepping off, Randy Orton has it, whoever, like the really great Mike people, you just continue. You kick the door in, you make reference to it or you don't. You just keep plotting away and you don't let it affect you. It's that confidence. And Starks, despite not having a ton of experience on the really, really any experience at the highest level he is delivering at the highest level so when you say he's going to succeed i see why you would say it and i completely agree and full disclosure you had no idea you were gonna i was gonna bring up ricky starks so no. this literally just kind of happened and and i think it also again it speaks volumes to uh the work ricky starks is doing because it's shining through in the tv and in, in limited uh you know sort of capacity so i did want to bring that up because it's pretty clear that this this young man um you know, the world is his oyster. The professional wrestling world is his oyster. No question. Yeah, and I can see Taz talking for yeah. Brian Cage. I can see him talking for Powerhouse. Even though those guys, they can talk. Mm -hmm. But Ricky Starks don't need Taz to talk for him. And he needs that at some point, grab the microphone, Taz. Thank you. But let me tell you about Ricky Starks. Yeah. Think and about let Ricky Starks yeah. be Ricky Starks. Th think about what you just said. He doesn't need Taz's help. He can take the mic from Taz. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's I mean yes, sir, he can. Yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a huge uh you know that's a huge compliment yeah. because when Taz is on the mic, he he compels you to listen to him. His, his tone and yeah. deflection and some of the realness <laughs> yeah. in which he delivers. Um, it, it's just, you know, golly. Yeah. When he uh, starts to be there at such a young age, you know, I, I, him and, golly, him, him and a couple of those guys on that show are going to be doing that for a long time, Mr. Yeah. Friedman. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Friedman. That that I well, it's actually as we talk about uh, MJF. Uh, I was talking having this conversation with my wife uh, a couple weeks ago, Mark, and we were just talking about you know talent in AEW, and we're, we're actually talking about Ricky Starks. Um, but MJF did get brought up. I, I 
MJF could be the first homegrown quote unquote AEW talent mark that I think WWE could have an eye on try to poach him? i listen i wwe doesn't do the greatest work with heels like i i don't think that it's the best place for a heel to work but if anyone could take that mold and kick the door in and just demolish it and do great work wherever he was it would be mgf i'm just I'm like I, I want him to stay in aew and be the face but i could definitely see if vince was going to pony up for anyone and make a real bidding war about any talent at a any talent at AEW MJF would be have to be at the top of the list um it is an exciting time for pro wrestling man we're talking about Ricky Starks we're talking AEW man it's only been a year and we're sitting here doing weekly winner we've got oh shit tip of the cap to impact who's having the best shows they've had in years ever yes ever arguably since since AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley left yep incredible time to be a pro wrestling fan very lucky busted open nation to have this show six days a week but you know what i don't need to tell you you guys know and we appreciate all you loyal listeners hey everybody this is fran Frischella, host of the podcast world of basketball the game of basketball has truly become a global game somehow it goes in each week i talk with the players coaches and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world real madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat episodes are available every thursday on the sirius xm app pandora and apple podcasts All right, Mark, as we talk about the year that was in professional wrestling, we took a little stroll down uh, memory lane there to you back in the day as uh, good old Santa Claus delivering the world's strongest slam. That is kind of the one thing, the crappy thing about having a beard. I mean, it's not crappy. I'm not bah humbugging or anything, but I do feel like when you have a beard and as we get older and it becomes a little bit more white in our beard, I feel like we're just like, that's our, our future is destined to play Santa's wherever we go. Like people expect it of us, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're the bearded guy, you look at me up. Yeah. It's been a little while since I put any dye in my beard, and it is really, really gray. Really gray. No, it's not gray. It's white. It's white. It's white. Yeah. And my, my daughter told me the other day, it's time, to, it's time to dye your beard, Dad. And I was like, Damn. I don't want to dye it. I'm going to just let it go white. Yeah. And I tell you what, man, uh, I've had a lot of flack about it. I got to go to... To the the Raw reunion show next week, and, and Vince uh, is gonna Vince is gonna have the comb out, Mark. He's yeah, gonna- <laughs> yeah. I know for a fact that I'm gonna have to like uh, get it done. Well, the truth is, I mean, we both would look better if we dyed our beards. I just uh, the reason I have a beard is for lack of upkeep. I don't want to like shave every day and cut my face and just all that nonsense. So the idea of constantly having to diet kind of get, goes against my better nature. But I will say this, Mark, you are insane for being 50 years old. Like your face looks like you're 32. If I looked as young as you did, you arguably like if we took, if we took like a screen grab of our zoom right now, like I think you have less wrinkles than I do and I'm 37 and you're almost 50. So if I looked as good as you did, I might ramp it up a little bit and actually be okay with the die. I don't know, but you do look good for an old man. Well, I appreciate that brother. You know, checks (laughs) in the mail. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. I'll have to pay it back in some way. I don't know. I'll spend it on barbecue or something. Uh, all right. So hey listen, man, make sure I'm around. Uh, I, I think we can do that. We'll just have to make sure that this uh, COVID hell is all wrapped up. Wait, actually. Yeah. I'll have to come to you. There's no reason for you to come here anymore. The buffets are closed down. You've been out here uh, already. Anyway, I've already taken to all my best restaurants. I got to get down to Austin and see what the, uh, oh, man, all that I can't smoked, wait. all that smoked meat is about. And uh, you can yeah. stay right here. You and your wife can stay right here in the, in the studio. I feel like, bedroom, bathroom, was, a little, little bit of kitchen. I was going to say, I feel like we could all stay on that couch behind you. I could feel like I could fit my entire goddamn family. <laughs> it's like, it's Bro, gigantic. that couch right there, that's the one. You know how you <laughs> have that one couch in the house? Yeah. I, I put it over here. I Like, I really wanted at my house. But, you know, my wife is like, look, that was your office couch. Like, I got the interior design on point. Right <laughs> you let me handle this. I, I'm not arguing. 
that one that one is what we call that one is lived in which uh, i don't even need to break that one in that one is ready to go uh you guys can't see it on the zoom session look but at, it's look like at that lever, man. it's, look it's at that a lever. leather couch that's like the size of a boat and each end of the couch just looks sad because it's had the world's strongest man building <laughs> his ass into it for the last decade but it looks sad but it also looks incredibly comfortable i am one day going to sleep uh, an entire in, weekend on that couch. All right, man, listen, we got to get to a break here real quick, and we're going to come back with uh, some calls. But before we do, I want to dive into match of the year. Uh, the Slammies were, you know, this week. You haven't been on the air for the last couple of weeks. And this year specifically in the WWE, you know, obviously, Mark, it was a banner year in terms of chaos and, you know, unfamiliarity and, you know, everyone trying to do their best with COVID and the workers specifically, the talent did a great job. There were a lot of great matches, Mark, uh, to get to. Here were the nominees for match of the year for the Slammies. New Day in the Hurt Business from uh, Raw on November 16th. We got Edge versus Orton in the greatest wrestling match ever that, well, found itself to the top of the list for match of the year. We got the Men's Royal Rumble match with the return of edge. We got styles versus Daniel Bryan in that intercontinental championship final from, uh, I believe it was SmackDown from however many, uh, was it? I think it was from earlier in the summer, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso in the I quit match, Sasha Banks and Bailey, uh, from hell in a cell, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy in that triple threat. Jesus is a big list. Drew McIntyre and Reigns at survivor series and Becky Lynch versus Oscar at Royal rumble. Mark, I know well, we, that- we got an honorable mention. What's the honorable, got an mention? honorable mention that was not on that list? And I know everybody's gonna remember this when I say it. Okay, and one more, one more. And this was the winner Undertaker versus AJ Styles, the Boneyard match at WrestleMania. But this it's a huge list, and you said you had an honorable mention, so uh, let's hear it. Um, Matt, uh, um, Matt Riddle and Timothy Tim, Thatcher, Tim Thatcher, yep, in that match, he kicked his teeth out and. They beat each other beyond recognition, man. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. That was an ass whooping that both of them guys, they're going to take to the grave with them. And that match was good. Everything made sense. And I remember coming off going, I, I, I had a couple of matches like that, and it was with the same guy. And that was Sheamus. Mm. They beat each other like they hated each other, and it came through. And it was, I mean, that, that match should have been on that list. Even how about, uh, I was say, how about, uh, I was to say, how about honorable mention, uh, just from two weeks ago, Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunn going to absolute war on NXT. Oh yeah. That was that another was, good one. That was a great match. But, uh, for match of the year, would you, uh, you agree with the Boneyard match? Was that your match? Of the year? I agree. I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's hard in a year's time. Uh, I still haven't seen anything that made me as excited as watching, AJ Styles and Undertaker in the way that even though it was a cinematic match and all of the stuff that happened with the um, with the Good Brothers and I mean just it was really really well done yeah um, the finish and 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 Taker riding out uh, with the the fist over his head like I mean it's damn it was so good man that. For a long, maybe three weeks after, we had guys like Mick Foley, like myself, mm-hmm. and that was like, man, I'll come out of retirement to have a match like that. Like, damn, that was good. <laughs> got every, it was so good, it got everyone jealous. <laughs> yeah, everybody was jealous. And when you well, have people admit right. that that was live, that, man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. You did something, Chances so they, they got it right. Chances are you had a good match. I'm going to tell you my match of the year. It wasn't the Boneyard match for as much as I enjoyed it. Bro, I don't even know if it was my most enjoyable pre-tape match from that show. I love the Firefly Funhouse match with Cena and Wyatt. But uh, two really good matches, but I I just I don't know if it's recency bias. I really don't know. But Jey Uso, Roman Reigns, and that I Quit match and the emotion. And I think, to be fair, a lot of the buildup, factors into why I enjoyed that match so much the storytelling that led into the match uh that was my match of the year I just I can't believe that I saw Roman Reigns in this storyline doing the work he's doing and then elevating Jey Uso to that main event spot and making him a commodity I just I loved that match I loved that story and yeah it it might be a little bit of recency bias but one thing we do know when you look down that list uh, uh, of Bailey and Sasha and just everything that was in there Mark 
all things considered for the shit year that 2020 was, man, what a great list of matches that we got and moments. A year full that you, you didn't know when this all started and how long it was going to last. And if you would have told me back in March that we would have been sitting here at Christmas with still no fans, I wouldn't have believed you that there would have been the possibility of all these great matches, but it happened. It happened. And you know what, man, I think my, the, the biggest thing is the, is the breakout star of the year. Okay. That was, that was the slammy that I was like the most conflicted about. I, I thought that there was so many options. Uh, I mean, I, I hated that Walter was not on that list. Like, That's even a great though, call. That's a great even call. Even though, you know, the pandemic had Walter stuck in Europe, uh, he still had uh, a few matches that I thought was as good as any of the matches we saw on mainstream wrestling. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't ready to give him the nod, but I was just saying, like, at least put the guy on the list. Well, I'm glad you brought up Walter, uh, Mark, because the uh, the match with Ilya Dragunov was arguably match of the year because wow. we were talking about matches of the year. We didn't even bring up Walter and Dragunov. That thing was that you talk about hard hitting. You were talking about Thatcher and Riddle, Dragunov yeah. and Walter was just batshit. Like that was one of those ones where you're just like, yeah, you, you do one of these. Yeah, you yeah cover, you're like, damn, you cover like, your what, face what is- and. Yeah, do the little like peekaboo. Pay that dude his money. <laughs> yes, pay him his money. That is absolutely correct. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.